Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast episode 270 for December 24th, 2018. Today's guest is cartoonist Jason Porath, and I'm your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 13 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer at MikeyPod.com or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron or email MikeyPod at gmail.com. Hello. I think the uh, echo is better this week. If you listened last week, which was a great episode, if you didn't, Go ahead and check that out too. Um, you know that I moved into a new space and I have a dedicated podcast, music writing, everything, creativity room, which is ah, a beautiful blessing, a gift. Thank you, baby Jesus and all the other people, Mary, Joseph, all of those people. Thank you. But it's Christmas, y'all. I just, I'm redoing this, uh, this episode. Oh, my cat is like being super cute right now. I wish you could see it. Uh, he's, I don't think he's ever seen a mirror. There was a mirror left here by the um, previous tenant. And um, he keeps looking in the mirror and then looking at me, my reflection in the mirror with this like, are you seeing this? Like he's doing it right now, looking at me like, dude, you're there and you're also in here. It's kind of cool. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, anyway, uh, so this is my second time to read to do this intro. Christmas has me bummed out, and I did a whole thing about how bummed out I am, only in this nameless way. You know what? No, honey, let's let that go. <laughs> I do. I feel. I wish you could see Tigger's face right now. It's like he's so freaked out by this mirror. Anyway, um, the 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 deal is like what we have these expectations around the holidays and. I don't even know what I'm expecting. There's great stuff happening for me. And I'm still like, well, that other thing is happening. What is the other thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's happening to me a lot lately. And I'm sort of glad I'm identifying it. Well, I'm going like deep into like a therapy intro for this. Tigger is like, oh, now he's pawing his face. It's real cute. Anyway, I'll stop talking about this thing you can't see with my cat. But um, yeah, so I'm doing this year has been solid. Uh, some things went down, some not great things, but some amazing things. Um, I'm in a relationship, a dating relationship for the first time in a long time. And I'm realizing this Christmas thing that I feel sad about that I can't identify is like what I'm feeling sad about in dating. There's like an expectation. We have this whole like thing built up about what things are supposed to be like. But no one knows what that is, and it doesn't work for everyone, and it's not available to everyone. But there's some special thing that is available. Like, uh, for my Christmas this year, I'm going to be connecting with a lot of really amazing people that are in my life in a way that I wouldn't do, like, some other time. I don't know. Anyway, 2019 is next, right? Yeah. Let's let go of expectations and embrace what is, because there's some really great stuff that's happening for us. And... um. I think we miss it by by having an expectation of some other thing happening. Yeah, that's my takeaway for you. That's a lot more cheerful than the previous epi- uh, previous intro I just did. That's it. If you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, wait a minute. I do want to tell you, I'm going to like, there's going to be some new stuff coming in the new year and I haven't exactly formulated it all, but 
you know, some of the things I've been creating sort of like gently and uh, sporadically, I'm going to ramp it up and bring these things into fruition more frequently and more regularly. So if you like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff like a bonus podcast every week that comes along with it. It's usually, well, I'll tell you about it in a second. Uh, All kinds of stuff in exchange for as little as $2 a month. You could actually do $1 a month, but you don't get any benefits from that. But $2, $2 is the way to go. Or actually $25 would be great too, or $100. Why stop it too? I'd love to connect with you there, and I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. Every podcast comes with an accompanying bonus podcast, and uh, this week is going to be um, an extra interview with Jason, the uh, today's guest. These podcasts are really good. I love these interviews, and they're great. They I always do the interview after the main interview, so we've already settled down and like figured each other out, and it becomes a really nice chat. Uh, I really love them. So um, if you're a $5 or more Patreon subscriber, you can have access to those either by logging in to MikeyPod.com with your Patreon password, or you can go to Patreon.com slash Michael Heron and get it there. You can subscribe to it through your own special RSS feed. There's a lot of ways you can get access to this that makes it really easy to listen as soon as I release them. So um, let me know if you want help with that if you're a patron. A little bit about Jason Porath before we get into our opening tune. Jason is an animator who worked on animated movies like How to Train Your Dragon 2, The Croods, uh, Kung Fu Panda 2. And upon leaving the animation industry, he started Rejected Princesses, a blog celebrating women of history and myth who were too awesome, awful, or offbeat for the animated princess treatment. It went viral. There's a book. And the rest is history. And he was great fun to talk to because he's like a self-taught animator and cartoonist and ah yeah it's a really good interview i'm really excited to share it with you i'm also excited to listen to this song by tracy thorne who uh you old school people like myself know her as half of everything but the girl this is her cover of hard candy christmas ah it's just the right vibe for my christmas this year i'm gonna settle into this sort of like mm, yeah christmas it's not great but i'm gonna go for the ride that's my vibe here's tracy thorne
I'll just lie low Maybe I'll hit the bars Maybe I'll count the stars until the dawn Maybe I will go on Maybe I'll settle down Maybe I'll just leave town Maybe I'll have some fun Maybe I'll meet someone and make him Joining me now is Jason Porath. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, let's talk about what you do. I, I'm so new to this, and we just met at Patri- Patricon, which, mm-hmm. again, I've been saying this every episode ever since Patricon. It was like a really great experience. Maybe we can talk about that later. But um, can you give me a little rundown about uh, what you do, rejectedprincesses.com? What's this all about? So, yeah, it's a uh, project I've been doing for about four and a half, five years that I uh, find interesting women throughout history. I uh, research them, illustrate them, and write about them. Um, Sort of the illustrations are kind of a Disney princess-esque vibe, but these are people that would never, ever make the cut for Disney, Um, oftentimes because there's too many beheadings. Uh, I try and cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, people that uh, you almost certainly have never heard of. And if you have heard of them, it's stuff that you don't know about them. Yeah. So the the assumption is, and and I'm making this assumption, is that that this is um, in some ways a statement about what we see as princesses represented in these huge Disney films and whatnot. Is that am I right in guessing that is where you're headed with this? I mean, it, it's that's part of it. Uh, so my uh, background is a. Um I used to work at DreamWorks Animation. Um, I worked in animation and visual effects for uh, got an entire career's worth, like over 10 years. And uh, I just got a little sick of how a lot of the uh, female representation was kind of watered down. Like, uh, in How to Train Your Dragon 2, the, the bad guy was supposed to be the mom, and then they had to water it down and try and make her into a good guy, and it kind of crippled the movie, um, in my opinion. And... Uh, I, I just there's all these really fascinating people, uh, women throughout history, but you get these very watered down representations of them, um, and I, I I think it does everybody a disservice. So I try to have these really complex, uh, uh, wide ranging views of people and all their good points and all their bad points uh, in a way that uh, is so so incongruous with the 
sort of Disney model where the worst thing you could say about most of the princesses is like, oh, well, you know, they're clumsy. <laughs> like, yeah. no, these people are like, no, they've got real issues. Uh, <laughs> they're real people um, and they're, they're fascinating. And I think that both history classes and sort of Disney movies kind of uh, file off the edges of a lot of these people. Yeah. And you, you do all the art, all the research, all the story writing, everything on this website is, is your creation, yeah? Yeah, I even coded the website. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't, uh, I was just reading on your website, you've taken maybe two art classes in your life. Is this, is this right? Yeah. I, so this is so, like, I love this type of thing because I'm, I studied music and I'm a musician, but I've taught myself, like, a bunch of the other stuff that I do. And there's a part of me that is always like, well, I'm not a real XYZ thing because I never did some unknown thing that would make me a quote-unquote real, I don't know, video videographer or something. Is that is that something that you were challenged with at some point as you started rolling with, with doing these things on your own? Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it got, if you go back and look at the early early art, it's it's real real bad. Even now, it's not anywhere near where I want it to be. Uh, I still don't think that my stuff is very good, um, but it's serviceable. It gets the job done. It can tell the story, um, which is ultimately the important thing. Uh, but I mean, I I spent my entire professional career with some of the greatest artists in the world around me. I know exactly how good and how bad I am, um, on a, a larger scale. Um, so I, I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm cursed with the, uh, <laughs> decent taste. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, uh, just keep at it and I'll get better. I'm certainly better than I used to be, but yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that famous thing. Have you seen this? Or I think it's a quote from Ira Glass where he talks about that. Like people get into being, artists and creators because they have good taste and then yep. when you start doing it you like you see that your work isn't good um it is kind of a it's, it's, well i guess that's a question i have you're like what what compelled you to keep going when you when you could especially when you were first starting out what what kept you rolling when you could look at when you looked at your work and saw that it wasn't what you wanted it to be um I didn't really have a, another option, I think. I mean, a lot of these was just, I was excited about uh, the stories and I just wanted more people to know about them because they're just awesome. I would like uh, tell people like random stories at uh, dinner parties and whatnot, be like, you don't understand how cool this person is. Um, and then as it kept going, it became more of a thing. And like, it's, it's changed a lot since the beginning. It was almost like a... Um, it's a little more black humor. It's a little more, uh, I don't know. I didn't take it uh, as seriously. I didn't do as much research at the beginning. And I, I had some people really hold my feet to the fire on doing it. So uh, it quickly became evident as to how uh, important it was to a lot of people. Um, and I sort of took that seriously and uh, just just kept at it. Um, that even if I thought that the art was burning my eyes, uh, a lot of other people thought it was great. So, uh, and, and they were more interested and it sounds like you were more interested in the, the stories being told that weren't being heard or, or widely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the art was always just sort of a, a, a service vehicle for, for the stories. I mean, ultimately it is the stories, um, but nobody really reads, <laughs> Uh, like long form stuff anyways. I could just do simi simple image macros, but that doesn't really 
get across the fullness of the complexity of these people. And it actually like really frustrates me because there's a lot of other similar people doing similar work that boil it down for just kids. And I'm like, no, this is for when, when you do that, you take off all the, the complexity of these people. So like, you know, Amelia Earhart, uh, was in a, a open like polyamorous relationship that uh, where she uh, said, "Hey, okay, I'll try and be faithful to you, but uh, let's be honest, I'm Amelia Earhart, and you're Amelia Earhart's husband, so this may not go exactly that way." <laughs> uh, Helen Keller was a firebrand socialist in her adult years, but we never learn about it. We like, just keep her as like, "Oh, it's the inspirational story of this." a uh, person overcoming adversity. And I'm like, no, once they got her talking, they just wanted her to shut up and started talking <laughs> about how how clearly she was mentally deficient. Uh, Harriet Tubman carried a gun everywhere around on her one, by one um, telling, like, I, I, nobody's been able to confirm this is 100% true or not, but it, it fits. Uh, she's not uh, smiling in any of her photos because she doesn't have any front teeth. She doesn't have any front teeth because while she was out on a mission, uh, deep, knee deep in the swamp somewhere, uh, she got a mouth infection and knocked out all of her front teeth with uh, the butt of her gun uh, so she wouldn't endanger the mission. Uh, Ada Lovelace was a full-on mad scientist who like, was uh, one day describing algorithms of like computer science that wouldn't make sense for another hundred years. And the very next day was talking about how she was uh, a math fairy sent by God to reveal the inner workings of, of uh, life. She blew a ton of money on gambling, was not a great parent, like was hooked on opiates and, and wine. Like, but you get, when you get these people, even in, in uh, stuff that like, yay, raw, go, go, you know, girls can do anything, uh, girl power kind of stuff, uh, it, the, oftentimes those sorts of things leave off all of uh, the unpleasant or uncomfortable bits, whereas I, I glory in them. So, uh, Have you always sought out this type of information, like from childhood? Have you been, uh, I, I, I feel like calling you a history buff is sort of not the right terminology, but I guess it's in the right wheelhouse. Uh, I, my friend described me as a, 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 a weird stuff crap hound. Um, <laughs> like I just love collecting and, and rolling around in some of the, the oddities of, of the world. Um, be that like physical, like I love going and exploring abandoned buildings be it just knowing weird pop culture facts or in, you know, uh, this case, knowing a lot of sort of obscure history, uh, about women. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just have a fascination for peculiar trivia and that's what all this led to. So, uh, I'm not the person to come to for a wide reaching, like broad, uh, grasp of, of history, but, uh, individual like deep dives on specific people and specific events and, uh, whatnot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can do that. It seems you delight. Like one of the things I read on your website today was that you, you give people awards who find really good mistakes in your work. Yeah. What, tell me about that. So I'm not a history major, and even if I was, I, you know, I'd still make mistakes. Uh, everybody does. 
Uh, I just try to be real upfront about them and, and be very honest about, okay, well, I'm doing my best. And here's something where I didn't have access to, say, medieval French documents, and I, I can't read medieval French. Uh, so someone who did was able to get a hold of me and said, hey, you know, you... You, you you did your best, but this is like uh, incorrect. Here's an earlier document that sort of contradicts that, and you know people have been screwing up history for hundreds of years, and you know you couldn't really know that much better. But uh, here you go. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, here's here's how the sausage is made, and here's a, a prize saying that you are in perpetuity smarter than I am, uh, and uh, that way everybody sort of knows what's up. I also provide lengthy footnotes and art notes to um, explain sort of uh, what artistic choices I made in representing the people. Um, a lot of times that's just sort of like, here's a bunch of little callbacks and little references throughout the art that uh, what I'm referring to, they're oftentimes quite obscure. Um, but a lot of times it was, okay, here's a uh, all of the information that I was able to glean off of this, and this is my personal artistic supposition as to how this went down, or like, here's two or three different versions of, of this series of events, and this is the one I chose for this reason, uh, that sort of thing. Like, I, fundamentally, I'm not going to be able to get everything right, and it is a, a, a meant to be like a sugar-coated pill of, of, like, uh, of history, um, because most people just don't like history class um, and find it really boring, and I'm trying to make it more interesting um, and like bring it to life a little more, and that involves making artistic calls. And I, I, I try to be real transparent about what I did, why I did it, and where I interjected myself. I try to do as as little like editorializing as possible, but you know, there's. The fact of the matter is that the work actually necessitates it. So the, the best I can do is, is just be uh, real honest about it. And people have, have been really um, responsive to that. It's it's extremely emotionally draining because you'll certainly have a whole lot of people, especially, God, if you write anything about World War II, the Romans, or Egypt, you'll have, I, I swear to God, every, you know, uh, white dude in America at age 65 gets a book on the Roman Empire for his birthday and they'll uh, just come at you with real just annoying minutia like oh that gun model that you drew there is one year off for that front in the war I'm like I just don't care why uh, is this drawing it out of this uh, but hey you're right congratulations you're smarter than me in perpetuity please go away <laughs> <laughs> whatever it takes to get you to go away here it is yeah uh, I'm looking at your footnotes for one of the uh, drawings. I'm afraid I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of the, the title of this one. M-K-A-B-A-Y-I. Mkabai. Uh, yeah. Um, the notes, I haven't dug into the notes yet, but uh, I love that they're here. It's uh, it's really fascinating how much, how much time it must take you to do this and how, um, I don't know, dedicated you are to, to being thorough with this stuff uh, I, I don't think that's a question i think that's just an observation that this is really cool <laughs> oh thanks yeah i mean so to, to give you uh, your readers or listeners sorry a uh, examples of what i do i mean probably when i first started talking about this uh, people started thinking oh well maybe he's covering like uh malala yusufzai or venus serena williams or you know mention amelia Earhart, who i actually have not covered i just happen to know a fair bit about her uh 
the sort of people I cover, like I consider all of those low hanging fruit because everybody knows about them and like notorious RPG and, and whatever. Uh, right. Even people like Hedy Lamar, who is an actress who uh, uh, and inventor uh, who. Uh, creations led to the the creation of a, a Bluetooth technology. Um, even her, I consider to be low hanging fruit. The sort of people that I'm covering are like <laughs> their books have fallen off the shelf in the library and are like wedged behind there, and you sort of like to, to reach down. So like the person that you're looking at, Nkabai Kajama, um, was Shaka of the Zulus, uh, his aunt who basically put him on the throne and was also responsible uh, all pretty directly for his assassination um, after he kind of lost it after the death of his mother. Uh, and she's not recognized in almost any Western literature on the subject. Like, she's a really obscure figure, but a really fascinating person in Zulu history. And, like, doesn't show up in anything. Like, literally, I, I, I wrote out a, a hint that was pretty, like, had a lot of very specific information on who it could be to, for people to guess who the, the next uh, entry was going to be. Almost nobody was able to determine it was her. Uh, that's how little is available on there. So if I'm going to do an entry on someone, I want it to be uh, kind of an authoritative, like, here's, here's what I'm writing, and I want it to be a useful source. I also provide, here's all of, all of the... Uh, uh, citations that I use and, and where I found everything, but I want it to be like, if someone finds this on Google, I, that, that entry on Nkabai was, is now probably the most full-fledged English language source on the internet for that person, and nobody else was writing about her. Wow. So, yeah, this is, it's really great, and, and I, I appreciate my um, short attention span self really appreciates the way these are laid out. <laughs> Because they're easy to consume, but really thorough. Yeah, I try to, I, I, I think of it like this. Uh, everybody's got sort of different levels of attention span. And uh, the way I've tried to construct it is is almost like a, a, almost a pyramid shape. So if you, all you want to do is look at pretty pictures, bam, there's like a pretty picture of like the, uh, the poster for a movie that's never going to be made. Um, and in fact, with a lot of the older entries before I started doing it in this comic format, um, that was basically the only image that was there. Um, then if you have a little bit more attention, there's sort of a comic that'll take you through the story of this person's life. And then if you want to know absolutely everything, you have all the footnotes that are in there. If you want to even know, know even more than that, uh, I give you the citations for the books that I, I uh, uh, went and looked at. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a telescoping amount of information like, like uh, Wikipedia holes. Yeah, and they each of the little uh, extra bits of info, like the footnotes and whatnot, are in these collapsible little, <laughs> little things. So you can still like, oh, I'm ready for more, and click a little thing, and you get some more information. It's great. Yeah, um, I'd love to go back a little bit and talk about like two things: how you went from um, a person who's had a couple of art classes to someone who was working at DreamWorks, and also how you made the switch from working at DreamWorks to being an independent artist. Um, so I guess that like that whole timeline, like how did how did all of that happen? Uh, at DreamWorks, it, it uh, I was an artist, but I was not the sort of artist that uh, I think most people are familiar with. I was sort of a physics programmer uh, I, uh, slash animator. So whenever you saw like fire, water, or uh, something getting destroyed uh, and like falling apart, like physics simulations sort of stuff, uh, that was me. 
and I I could do that in like art directed in specific ways. So like, okay, if someone headbutts a wall, the wall will fall apart and it'll look natural, but you'll still be able to see the person's or the character's face and like read the action and whatever. Uh, and and it, it you know the, the cracking pattern maybe as like a uh, funny vibe to it, like funny timing. Maybe it'll it it is supposed to look more angry. Like there there's a certain amount of acting that actually comes with that sort of work. Um, wow. So I did that for many years, both live action uh, and animation. Um, I left and I didn't really know how to draw, and I, but I'd, I'd been around people who did all this time. Uh, and I just decided that I had a lot of different projects I wanted to do. Princesses was just the one that uh, seemed like it would have the most immediate audience. And so I started, uh, and I wanted to get better at drawing and I wanted to get better at writing and I wanted to... Uh, and understand sort of social media and all, all uh, there were a lot of things that I wanted to learn and this sort of seemed to address most of them up front. So I just started drawing and you draw every day and you get better at it. And uh, I would show it to some of my then ex coworkers or I guess now, now ex coworkers as well. Um, and uh, I'd do life drawing classes. I'd look up stuff online. I'd read books. Like I, it was suffused around me. Like it wasn't like all my all my uh, current roommates are um, storyboard artists. So uh, it's it's just sort of in the air around me, and it was something I sought out as well. So I did get better, but there's still still a ways for me to go. It's fascinating. It's really cool to to hear about your your path it's, it's unusual and uh i don't know i i've been uh, the word inspiring is so corny to me but <laughs> it's really cool to hear people paving their own way and, and creating their own direction and your work is so cool well, um yeah sure um we should start wrapping up this part of the the uh interview um and we're gonna for people that if you're listening for the first time there's gonna be a second interview with Jason um, for patrons on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michael Heron so if you want to hear more that's where you should go and before we end this interview though can you um, the, your website is rejectedprincesses.com do you want to throw out some of your social media stuff too so we can make sure that gets covered as well uh, yeah I mean I'm uh, on Facebook and Tumblr as rejected princesses uh, Instagram rejected princesses all one word uh, Twitter weirdly enough I'm just on as my name Jason Porath because rejected princesses was too long and Twitter can do a million different things but somehow they can't figure out how to just make it so you can have longer usernames um, uh, yeah what you're gonna do so yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. And if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't weren't able to write all that down, you can go to MikeyPod.com and the show notes for this pod, uh, episode will have links to all of Jason's website and social media stuff. And yeah, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Well, thank you. When we were growing up, we were kind of poor. Dad left mom to take care of us He flew right out the door But she hid her pain and helped us boys to heal And we never went a day without every single meal And when Christmas time would come and we would visit the store 
I droned on about the toys I wanted Like a selfish, thoughtless boy Then mom would tell us boys that we could go and play So she could sneak to make a payment on that chain store's layaway And when Christmas morning would finally arrive We would wake up and see all the presents And into them we'd dive Now that I'm a grown man I cannot imagine How she kept a roof over our heads And filled it up with magic Mama, how did you do it? As if there were nothing to it I simply cannot understand Every year she filled our house with decoration And our home would transform into a great big celebration And the music would soar and I'd sing every song Never ever knowing that anything was ever wrong Mama From the album Our First Christmas Together, that was my friend, John Raymond Barker, with 
Mama Made That Home a Winter Wonderland. You can check out his Christmas album, All Christmas, almost all original songs. I think there's just one cover on there. And um, it's totally worth checking out. And if you go to MikeyPod.com, um, you can see links on the show notes for this episode to check out the album and uh, check out John's other work. Thank you so much to our guest, my guest, Jason Porath today for joining me. Thank you for listening. And thank you if you're a patron. Well, even if you're not a patron, thank you for listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me that you download this every week. And uh, if you do like it, tell a friend. You can leave a review somewhere. You can send me an email, tweet me, Instagram me, Facebook me, all those things. I'd really love to hear from you. And uh, if you really love the show, stop by patreon.com slash Michael Heron for, uh, I think there are 21 bonus episodes now. Um, Lots of other free download stuff. You can download my albums. You can uh, get access to digital copies of the zines I make. Uh, so many things uh, if you join, and you'll be co-creating all this great work that I make. I just called my own work great. I feel like maybe I'm growing a little bit. What a great year this has been. Anyway, Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and I'll see you next week. Oh, with Animal as the guest next week. Oh, my God. This is a great interview. You're going to be really excited about this. Okay, bye, y'all.